Hello and welcome back to Creative Corporates. You're here with Cardi. And I'm Ali and this is a very special early morning recording because it turns out dreams don't work unless you do. So today we're going to talk about planning your next career move. Now this might be within your job, this might be um, you're you know, finishing your degree and you're applying for those internships or grad programs, or it might be a case as we're kind of delving to, you're trying to pivot into one or two passion projects, how can you really get your name out there? So we've got a really interesting kind of quick topics we want to talk about. In particular, um, recognizing that we live in a digital world. So talking about cleaning up a digital footprint, how you can update your CV and some quick tips that I've really seen that works well, reaching out and what to do to help get yourself out there. So this should not be a solo journey. Who can you leverage from your network? And just some good uh, hygiene and manners that I found work really well to helping you in your long-term career success. Now, a really important point here is that creating a strong online personal brand is applicable to both creatives and corporates because they're transferable skills that creatives at the moment in particular, when there's not as much workflow coming through, need to be able to have that online presence to go, even if you can't engage me in my work right now, you need to have me at the front of mind so that when the first opportunity does arise, you can jump on board and get me on your project. And the way to do that is by having your work and your personal presence um, at in a, in a finished sort of product available to others. Yeah, and we can kind of dive in what that form looks like, but I think the, the crux of this is you know, we've got some downtime now. If you're sort of in Australia, we're in lockdown, we've got this kind of point. Uh, we've probably spent the last six months, you know, good wins, maybe not some good wins. And this is a really good time to pause and reflect and kind of go, well, how do I want the next six months to go? So as Cardi mentioned, really cleaning up your digital footprint is really important. Nobody wants to see, um, you know, you checking in for your Macca's run eight years ago on your Facebook that you now use to help get work. If you're a creative or a freelancer, vice versa, um, you know, I've worked at marketing firms in the past where as part of the recruitment process, we will go through and look at someone's online presence. So it's not to say that you should be hiding things, but you have a real chance to create a really consistent and authentic presence. So be thoughtful around how you want that to be projected. Now, that just might be really, um, you know, archiving certain things or emphasizing certain things. But my point is that that can be a really good tool. Now, if you're a bit more advanced, it might be how do you want your LinkedIn presence to look like and actually go, should I share two or three articles so that when people come to my profile, they can not just see my experience, but the things I'm really interested in engaging with. So that's a really good tip. We could do a whole topic on how to update your CV and things you look for. And we've tried a few times, the podcast gets a little long. So just some quick tips on this is really talk about making sure on your CV, you've kind of made it easy to read. So I tend to not to limit mine max to two pages and you really want to have your dot points and your summaries. So uh, for a corporate, this might be your key skills and attributes, 
your career objective, you know, what you're really looking for. And a quick tip on when you're talking about your experiences or your prior roles. I see a lot of people when they sort of build their CVs, particularly early on in their career, they talk about key responsibilities they've had on a job. Now, that's fine and dandy, but when you're trying to progress your career, the things you did in the previous role might not necessarily be what you want to do in the next role. What are the transferable skills they're looking for? And then talk about in each of the experiences you've gotten, what capabilities you've developed and what value you delivered for that team. So we talk a lot on the podcast about being outcome-based And why I think that's really important is because if your overarching narrative is when I join your team, I'm able to produce value, a lot of people want to see that and go, well, I want that person. They might might not fit everything on my list, which, by the way, you should still apply for then because that's just uh, we all need to grow in, in the work that we do. But it basically demonstrates an underlying tenacity that a lot of people are really looking Yeah, I agree. Now, one thing I wanted to share there is for creatives, I've actually been reading a book by Ariel Hyatt, Music Success in Nine Weeks. And what she really goes on to talk about is it's that concept of cleaning up your digital footprint and having everything um, that's available of your creative work linked in online. So what I mean by that is if you've got a website, That is the minimum requirement that you need to have to be able to share your work, Um, whether that's, for example, a copy of your songs or a copy of your, just your portfolio. If that's not available on your website, you need to have that, all of your social media links linked together so that when someone falls onto your page, you've got your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, et cetera, everything um, linked in on the one go. You don't want, for example, to have your website and then not to have links of X, Y, and Z. You want to make it as easy as possible for clients to hook in. Something else that you can do is when you're going through your social media is thinking, is this the best representation of my work at the moment? Is this the personal brand that I want to reflect? Whether that's by means of checking if the content is relevant, checking even if the, the color theme is on brand, they're sorts of things that you might think about having considered, do we, do we need to have a template um, for the work that we're going to do moving forward so that people associate a particular color with the work that I'm doing? And you can use things like, for example, Canva um, to do that. In regards to updating your CV, something I wanted to share there is depending on what stage you're at in your career, you're going to find that certain types of experience is important to share. So, for example, if you've got some experience um, in the career that you're interested in, it's probably not relevant that you talk about the skills that you learned when you got your first job at KFC or Baker's Delight because it's, it's just not relevant to the value that you're bringing in your current job. So at that point in time, you can probably drop that off. However, when you're getting your first job, you're going to find that those sorts of skills uh, and sharing that information is relevant, not in the sense of this is, you know, uh, I worked at, you know, X, Y, and Z place um, because that's where you see your career moving forward in. It's the fact that you've taken the first step 
to demonstrate that you turn up on time, you have the ability to follow instruction, or on the flip side, you have the ability to think outside of the box and share your creativity to help a business flourish, particularly whether it be in times of, you know, a lockdown and being able to adapt to needs. Um, but it could also be to, like I said, grow a business further because you can do that in whatever capacity you have. It's just about having your voice um, or a space to share those ideas. So really emphasizing that in your CV, um, like I said, depending on which stage of your career you're at, um, can be really valuable. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And to your point around linking your social media, free plug for Linktree, um, which we have found to be a great way as a sort of growing and thinking and what I've seen really work well for my friends who are freelancers, it just makes everything work in one place. Um, and the ultimate reason for that, to Cardi's point, is the easier you make it for someone to engage with you, the more they want to because you're already demonstrating that you're going to be easy to work with. I think we've all had experiences on the flip side where you're trying to kind of engage with someone and somehow if you're running that process of recruiting, they're making it difficult um, or and you're like, why, why is this difficult for me? So that's a good overarching theme. Now, I know that also a really good way I, I have always found I get a little bit nervous, you know, what am I explaining? Who's my audience? If you're in a particular industry as well, you might have a certain jargon or language that you use. One thing I have found helpful is sharing with a friend before you're uploading anything and asking them, does this make sense to you? Is there anything that comes across as jargon, you know, something that might require a bit more explaining? Have I actually showcased myself enough? And why that can be helpful is a lot of the time we're self-critical about our own value, but you want to particularly tune into those friends who really hype you up. I'm often that friend for a lot of people, which I am happy to take on that role. And for them to say, no, you actually add so much more value. Like don't self-reject, add these additional things. Um, I've always found doing this with Cardi um, and a few other friends to be particularly helpful because then they're also an advocate for you when things do succeed, they really want to share that with you as well. And one thing to add there is you find that when you've got a strong online digital presence, the work that you do is already does the work for you in terms of selling your personal brand. You don't have to do the work. It's like attraction marketing because people see the value that you bring to the table. You don't need to do the explaining or the selling for, you know, your potential employer because they can see that it that it's that you're doing the work. Absolutely. Um, other things which are just quick tips, you know, this is once you've kind of got those things in check. So if we're recapping, you've got your digital footprint all nice and neat. You've got your CV uploaded all ready to go. One thing is now when you're applying for jobs or you're applying for an opportunity. Now something I see a lot and understandably so look applying for jobs and roles is in itself a job. But most companies like people want to feel special. So the more you can actually show that you've done the research in your cover letter or in the way that you reach out, that might be as simple as looking at what their ethos and values are, two or three projects that they've currently worked on. And then the way that you engage is not simply saying, hi, I'm this person and I think I can deliver X. It's saying, I think we're very values aligned. 
based on X, Y, and Z. And I would love the opportunity to contribute to blah, blah, blah. And this is what I bring to that team. Why that's really important, I think it works on our like innate psychology as people want to feel like they've got something special to offer. But secondly, it demonstrates that you're willing to take the time to set yourself apart. Yes, it can take a little bit longer. So when you're going through this, maybe a realistic target is saying, you know, though I want to apply for around 20 companies, actually it's better to do two in a day and do that right as opposed to heaps but it sounds more generic. Being on the other side of that, I definitely notice a considerable difference in my impression of someone when they've really taken that time. And one thing to add there is that you'll find to be able to stand out, really people just want to see that you're relatable and that you're going to get along. And so if that means you've got similar values aligned, similar interests, people look at your cover letter to go, oh, I remember I've had that experience in the past. I've engaged in that business before, or I liked X, Y, and Z. It'd be really interesting to just have a little chat about that. And so sometimes just having that relatability is what will allow you to stand out in a cover letter. Absolutely. So again, this is a lot to digest, but as we said, digital footprint, get your CV nice and nuanced. When you're applying for jobs, you know, take the time to make it personalized. The last thing we want to really talk about is how can you amplify that effort? So ways I've really seen that done really well and simply on LinkedIn is turn on your interested in work or I'm actively um, wanting to engage with recruiters. You'll naturally then, it makes their job easier when they want to contact you. One thing I've heard that I really think a lot of people can benefit from is if you end up speaking to a recruiter, applying for a role and not getting that role, message that recruiter back and say thank you and explain to them, you know, I've gone through this process. These are the these are still the things that I feel like I can contribute. If you've got anything else in this space or I'm in I'm in particular looking for these additional roles, again you're making their life easier. And I've heard stories in particular of individuals doing this. And then that recruiter said, well, I actually know someone else who's recruiting for that role. Let me put you in contact. And because a recruiter's incentive is get someone into a job, then you're already mutually aligned and you're amplifying that effort. So that's a really good one. And then for the um, perhaps people starting out in their career, really think about reaching out to your campus recruitment center as well looking at what CV services do they offer, the job boards and notices, ask them if they've got anyone in their network as well. You know, most people want to help. We understand it's both the best and kind of worst labour market at the moment here in Australia. Absolutely booming in terms of everyone needs to recruit with the border shut. But because of that, the competition can be a bit high. So anything you can do where people can kind of feel like they can help, that's going to make a difference. And yeah, that would be my kind of key thinking around that network. And I think if you're at a stage where you're trying to apply for your first internship, your first clerkship, and so you may not have experience, you really do need to start by trying to attend every possible open day opportunity for any one of those businesses. So particularly when you don't know what you want to do, whether it's, you know, big company, boutique, small, don't close one door thinking that one is best for you. 
you're at a stage where you don't actually know what's best and actually having experience in all of them is going to be beneficial because you're going to learn different skills working in different environments. So just by way of attending and having conversations with those campus recruiters for different agencies, you're going to find that you'll learn a lot in that experience. It's going to give you a face-to-face presence so those campus recruiters have you at the front of mind. And it's a really good talking opportunity if further conversations take place down the track so that you can go, oh, we've had conversations at our campus recruitment date at X, Y and Z place. Absolutely. And why I think that works in particularly well, and let's pivot for an online audience. Imagine if they're running these sessions virtually, it's even easier to attend, right? Um, Why that's important is a lot of these large companies tend to systematize their recruitment process. But if you can go, I actually have connected with the recruiter, then it puts a face to the name straight away. So follow up with them because you're already going to distinguish yourself from a unique identifier number in a system. And ways you could follow up on them is not just by way of a direct email, if you have the opportunity to get access to that, but it's also by linking to them on LinkedIn and then sending them a personalized message to introduce yourself. And then, for example, you could place a post and and share your experience of what you learned and ideas that you have from that period of time. So one of the most valuable things you can do on LinkedIn is rather than, you know, sharing and boasting about your experience, which might I add, you don't have much of at an early age. So it's probably wise not to be doing that. But what you can do is you can have opinions on ideas. And so when you start sharing that information, you do create a tribe of people that are also interested in that. And it allows you to learn more so that you can form a more informed opinion. Absolutely. So I love that. I've seen that tried and tested and it works really well for ongoing engagement. That really links in with our last podcast and we talked about when you're networking, you should really be networking around ideas, not necessarily, you know, what do you do? Who do you know? So that's a really good way, I think, Cardi, to bring it all together. I think, you know, the only thing I would say is when you're kind of pivoting or you're moving into these passion projects, you know, be kind to yourself as you're going through, accept that you're probably going to have some rejection, understand that that's part of the process. And to always go, you know, um, the door might be closed right now, but keeping a warm and positive relationship or making sure that that experience and connection is closed off really well, you don't know how that's going to pay forward in the future. So looking at it as only upside, giving yourself the space to be like, how am I actually going to grow and really know more about myself through this process? I've really then cemented what I think is valuable and what I'm interested in that can only be helpful. So adopt that growth mindset, recognize that there's going to be a little bit of rejection, maybe. I mean, if not, you're so lucky, you know, let me know how how that worked because I'd love to know. Um, But ultimately, like we just wish you everyone all the best who are kind of going through this process and we'd love to hear some tips from our community, what's really worked in addition to this, does anything help? We'd love to hear some stories. Um, But yeah, I think that's it for today's podcast. And that's it from us. Well, thank you so much for listening and we can't wait to hear from you. Awesome. Stay safe, guys. Bye.